Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the LFC Red Poets podcast. I'm your host, Les Lawson, and tonight I'm joined as normal by my cohorts, Tom Keegan and Peter Warburton. Tonight, we've got a special Young Poets show. My lad, Jamie, and Pete's lad, Jack, are joined by Ben Kent Jr. to get a younger view on the season we've just witnessed. So, hope the lads enjoyed the first experience on the, on the pod and hopefully they'll, they'll give you all an entertaining hour or so. So we'll start off by asking, after we came so close to winning all four trophies, and we'll start with Ben on this one, how optimistic were you going into pre-season? I don't want you to talk about you know, the season ahead, I just want you to talk about your optimism going into the season. We'd signed Nunes and, you know, Heading into pre-season and the charity shield, how were you feeling? Really excited. Um, I can compare it to when we finished second the season, uh, a couple of seasons earlier when we lost out by a point. And I was convinced that we'd do the same again, that we'd go on, win the league. Um, I thought the signing of Nunes, I was really excited by. I remember the, the performance he gave against us at Anfield for Benfica. I thought, he's a player in. Um, and obviously the lot of Mane was huge he was one of my favourite players but yeah like really optimistic I mean everyone was obviously disappointed by the way the season ended but still proud of how close they came and I think everyone thought we're going to kick on again um, so yeah excited and just couldn't wait for the season especially after the performance in the Charity Shield um, yeah and yeah. how wrong were we Jamie yeah, I was cautiously optimistic. I I was worried about the state of the squad, to be honest, particularly midfield. I felt like we lacked investment in that area for a couple of years. And I almost felt like you could see the cracks at times in the season before. So I'm thinking back to when we threw away leads against the likes of AC Milan at home. And, you know, even going towards the end of the season where we, we the team seemed to be running on fumes. And it's a weird thing to, to say, considering how close we were to footballing immortality. But, you know, I'd, you know, I think every year fans often think, oh, I wish we'd do one more or two more. And, you know, for the past few years, Klopp had proven us wrong for the most part. So I was, you know, going into the new season, I was hoping he'd prove us wrong again. And then, you know, you get... You see the City performance in the Community Shield, Nunes scores, and you think, you know what, we might just be all right. Jack, the signing of the Nunes and the loss of Mane, did that sort of balance out, or were you a little bit worried that we'd lost Sadio, or were you excited by, you know... I was worried we lost Sadio, but I was I was gutted he left, because I loved him, thought he was brilliant, but I thought towards the back end of last season, with, with the likes of he has taken over Mane as such, and Mane going through the middle. I thought with the left wing was kind of sorted because we had Diaz, and then we brought like a proper striker in, if you want, with Nunes. After seeing what he did to us in, in, um, in the European Cup, I thought we'll be, we'll be all right. It's not really a... Uh... Like Jamie said, we could, you could see the cracks appearing sort of with the midfield, but I still thought we'd have enough firepower up front to be able to cope. We'd still have enough legs in midfield. But ultimately, we got caught out. But I wasn't like especially worried about Mane leaving. The only thing we really missed with him was the press from the front, and that that proved massive. I thought towards the back end of the season. Then we then we come then we come to then we come to the first three games. How did you feel when when the first three games took place? You looked at the fixtures, and did you think well? But there's nine points to be collected here, or did, did, did you think we'll just see how we start off? Because after the pre-season, we started slowly, didn't we, Ben? Yeah, I know we did. I mean, what I'd say is, I think we've all got to the point now, haven't we, where football's changed. You can't afford to have a slow start. Like, I look back when Fergie used to win the league all the time at United, and he always used to have slow starts, and you just can't have them now. And I think that the first game of the season against Fulham, I, I think that game summed our season up perfectly. Like everyone was expecting promoted team, we'll, we'll go and beat them. Not comfortably, but we'll beat them. 
and for me watching it like I didn't get the ticket or watched it at home the attitude of the players didn't look particularly great like um, Van Dyke gave away a penalty when does that happen um, so that we looked very slack and suspect obviously Nunes didn't start he came on looked really dangerous like he did in the charity shield but yeah I looked at those opening fixtures especially after the performance in the charity shield where we did blow Man City away um, and I thought yeah we're looking good here I know the other lads have mentioned about the midfield I think everyone um, but we could have done with a midfielder last summer and I think Jürgen would be the first one to admit now that he got that wrong um, but even so, I thought that, that seems more than capable to have a good start. And it just didn't happen. The, the results against Fulham set the tone for the season, especially the pre-World Cup part of the season anyway. So it was disappointing. And I, like I said, I think it just showed how we were progressing or lack, lack of progressing, really. Then, Jay, we came to Anfield against Crystal Palace and then Nunez's auspicious start... What was your what was your thoughts about that? Yeah, it was it was very disappointing, wasn't it? You you know, you can kind of write off the Fulham game almost as a little bit of a one-off and you hope you you know you're expecting a response because that's what this Liverpool team under Klopp has by and large done since he since he became our manager. But the response wasn't forthcoming, it wasn't wasn't a particularly great performance. We looked like a continuation of the struggles we'd seen in the Fulham game and then you know, if you if you're pinning your hopes on someone, it's a new seventy million or fifty million pound striker, isn't it? And when he has that moment of madness, you think, God, like you know, what? And it, you know, to then be suspended, you know, he's going to be suspended for another few games when the team doesn't seem to be fired. It's the last last thing you need. So yeah, it was just a continuation of the disappointment going into the United game, really. And then, and then, Jack, we we come across to the Man United game. Was you was you confident going into the game? Uh, I was based on the previous season's performance, but I thought the Fulham game was like James says, a bit of a write off. The Palace was, I thought, when Nunes got sent off at the Palace game, the whole atmosphere of the game changed straight away. Um, and then with the United game, went went one nil down straight away, and I thought, oh, and we kind of got into the habit the the beginning of the season of always chasing games, always starting one nil down. And I thought we'll get we'll get fired up for United. Fulham's not it wasn't a it was a bit hit and miss, it was stop start, stop start. Palace was one all, then I thought for United will be right, we're fired up, we'll get we'll kick on and that'll get us right where we need to be and just start start from there. Start a bit late, but even still, we'll kick on after United and then take the results and carry keep on going. And then you we come to the end of at the end of the transfer, the end of the transfer window. And what was your what was your thoughts about the end of the transfer window? All three of you straight after each other. A bit panicky. I think when you look back on the, the deals that we've done up until last season, it was well thought out. Other clubs looked at Liverpool and thought that's the way to do business. It was pre-planned and obviously the signing of Arthur or Arthur, however you say his name doesn't really matter because he never played for us, did he? Um, it, it was a panic buy. Um, it went back to how the club used to operate under um, Rogers, really, um, trying to stop gaps and just incredibly disappointing. Um, yeah, it was not what we've come to expect under FSG of late. You, Jay? Yeah, I completely, I completely agree with all that. It it kind of summed up a lack of ball planning in our transfer business. As a fan, you know, you try and get optimistic. You know, you listen to he's like, you know, Mello, you, you know, used to used to be a decent player. You know, maybe you kind of hope that maybe we can revitalize him and you know give him some time to clock and he'll you know he'll, be, he'll at least be able to do a functional job in midfield and maybe carry the water of some of the other lads who looked a bit off the pace. But uh, I think it quickly became apparent that that was not going to be the case over the course of. You know, the next couple of months. On you, Jack. I thought with with when we signed Nunes, I thought that was a real statement signing. Like you've just missed out on the quadruple statement signing. Get you get you a big gun essentially. Very rare that under FSG we've spent a lot, a lot of money. I can only recall twice we've done it with Van Dyke and Allison, and 
for me, they were big statements to like we're going for it. But Nunes was the same, but they just didn't really follow up with anything else. I thought the only other sign who we thought had a little glimmer was Cavalio when he first started. I thought he's got something about him. And then we missed out with Ramsey because he was injured pretty much from when we had him. But Ben Doak looked all right as well from what we've seen with him, little glimmers. But it's, we're missing out. We've gone for a big statement then just to get like little little signings where we needed something to, to cover the gaps, really. Nothing really to kick us on. After that, we'll have a look at the period leading up to the, the World Cup. Um, so there was a few games leading up to the World Cup. We, we had the break. Our last uh, game prior to the World Cup was Southampton at home. But are there any games? There's a few games leading up to that World Cup and it probably summed our season up, some of the performances. Um, but is there any, any games particularly leading up to that that you thought... Maybe, maybe it just wasn't going to be our season. I can't think of any that stand out. Um, I mean, the derby away was an awful game, um, nil-nil. But then you look at the 9-0 against Bournemouth, you know, beating Newcastle 2-1 last minute winner. Um, there were some incredible results and some incredibly bad ones as well. Um, I think whenever we play Everton away and we, we don't perform, that, that's always a bad sign for me. And it just didn't happen again. Like we easily could have lost that, that game, the, the offside goal that was such a goal for them. Um, and I, I can't recall, I'm sure there must have been. I, I'm trying to like... I know we're doing the season review, but I think I've wrote off a lot of last season trying to forget about it um, as much as I can, really. Um, there was, you know, Glasgow Rangers away. Um, that was 7-1. Um, we did have some incredible results. It was just the inconsistency. You look back on what Klopp's done over the, the past five years, and they were consistent. And for one reason or another, it just went out the, the window from the defence, um, excluding Ali. It was fantastic, probably the best season he's ever had for us. The rest of the defence was shocking, especially up until the World Cup. Um, yeah, it was just disappointing, really. How about you, Jay? Yeah, it's, it was a bit of a roller coaster of emotions, really, <laughs> before the, uh, all the international break in the World Cup. I mean, we obviously had the Bournemouth game and the Newcastle game, and you, you know, you're starting to think maybe we can build from that, build on that. I actually watched back the highlights of the Everton game last night just to try to refresh my mind. That was an absolutely mad game. We had no control over it. What I still could have won, but we had no control. And then I think what was the real kicker for me was that Napoli performance, with you know, to get beat in such a humiliating manner in. The Champions League, which had you know effectively been our competition really over the past past few years, to get humbled so much and you know certain performances like you know Milner gave away a penalty, looked miles off the pace, his legs you know it really looked like the, his age was showing. Joe Gomez was awful that night. You know that that four one was you know really disconcerting for me, and yeah, I think. You know, again, there were loads of bright spots. You know, we beat City, for example. Um, but it was always followed up by a disappointing result not long after. And, you know, that was that was kind of a real heartbreaking thing about that whole period is, you know, Jürgen Klopp, when he came in, was all about turning us from doubters to believers. So every time you get an encouraging result, like the Newcastle game or the City game, wherever it may be, you know, you'd, you'd start to feel hopeful again, that belief, you know, that, you know, Whenever you've doubted this Liverpool side over the past few years, they've always, you know, nearly always proved you wrong. But this time it was always, you know, the doubts would creep back in every, like, so more, much more frequently. And they would, you know, you'd be proven right to have the doubts instead of being proven wrong, as you have been over the past few seasons. I've just remembered, actually, that the lowest point for me before the World Cup was the Leeds game at home when we lost. To, to Leeds, and I'm not being funny or anything, but the, the pandemic season played behind closed doors. I sort of disregard that as a 
just an anomaly. But to lose that home record in front of fans to Leeds, just... I remember walking out to Anfield that day and that was the most gutted I've been besides the, the end of the season when we've lost it by a punt. Because to lose the home record to them, you know, a team that ultimately got relegated. Um, yeah, the, devastating. How about you, Jack? Any games specifically leading up to the break that sort of summed our season up? Uh, well, there was a few, so you look at the Brighton game, three all, it's just points thrown away again. Then you had the Arsenal game away where it, 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 the referee kind of comes out that one. I thought Nuno's got a goal and I thought he's here, he's arrived because he had a bit of a streak start. Got his goal, referee at the field crosses and that one. So even then, if we'd have won that game, we could have, got, could have gone on to further. Played City again, beat them at home. The brilliant game, probably the best game I've seen us play that season at home. Um, but then, like Ben said, the Leeds game was just so out of character. It was it was very poor, but out of character. Where you can see Liverpool play poorly, but still win three 0 and you, you think, right, yeah, okay, we played bad, but we still have enough to win. And then, but like the week before, getting beat by Forest, and then going into Leeds at home, I just thought it was a very bad way to leave it. To be honest, to go towards the World Cup. So, lads, we head into the World Cup um, with a, an encouraging home win against Southampton in which Nunes scored a couple of goals and had a, a really good performance. And, you know, the season was really inconsistent. But I just wondered a couple of things that I'd like your opinion on, really. is Do you think that the way Liverpool have been, and, and I think you know, Bennett touched on this a little bit earlier, where you know Liverpool knew they virtually had to be perfect, you know, to win the league, and obviously we've been so inconsistent in that first half of the season. There any hopes that we had of challenging for Manchester City are gone. So two things really: our, our hopes had obviously gone from from open to challenge for the the uh, the champions to be champions to qualify for the Champions League, and the second thing is. Do you think some players' performances dropped? And I'm talking about the ones now who are potentially going to be involved in the World Cup because their eyes then focused on, well, we can't win the league here with Liverpool, so I want to make sure I don't get injured and miss the World Cup. Ben? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, at least I, I hope that's what happened because it sort of... Ex so it, well, it does excuse it, really. I mean, Van Dijk is the prime example for me. Up until last season, he he didn't put a foot wrong for Liverpool in the five years or so that he'd been there. Comfortably the best defender I've ever seen in the pushers. Obviously, you, you said at the start of the show that you've got some younger guests and I, I thank you for including me on that. Um, but, you know, obviously I'm sure you guys would say Hansen's the best defender that you've ever seen for Liverpool. But for our generation, it's definitely Virgil. But this last season, he he was off it, definitely off it. And if if he'd been like that for the whole time, he would have been replaced by now. I've got no doubts about it. Um, and he must have had one eye on the World Cup. He he must have done. Um, and I'm sure there was other players of the same way. But he's definitely the one that stands out. Um, but then there's others like Allison, absolutely fantastic. Um, the World Cup obviously wasn't on his eyes. I know Mo Salah wasn't in the World Cup. Um, but, yeah, I mean, his performances didn't drop. And to be fair, I don't think it, Nunes, although he wasn't the player that I was expecting him to be, I don't think that was down to the World Cup. But I think it's in human nature, isn't it? I, think, I hope we never, ever, ever have a World Cup in the middle of the season again. Because um, it definitely did affect some of the players. Jay? Um, you know, going into the World Cup, you know, you could hear people talking in the match and, you know, on, on podcasts and on phone-ins and stuff like that saying, we can't wait for the World Cup to start so we can get some of our injured players back because the first part of the season, we were just ravaged by injuries, weren't we? I mean, so was your, were you sort of going into there thinking, right, OK, you know, we can't be as bad in the second half of the season as we were in the first. And hopefully, you know, during this break, it will give us a chance to get some of our injured players back. 
um, which will then you know improve our chances then of of qualifying for the Champions League. And did you were you optimistic that we would qualify for the Champions League at that point? <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all to it's all to think back. Really, There's, a lot of the season just blends into one <laughs> one big sort of disappointment. Um, I think going to well, but you obviously you hope you know, and football fan, that's all about you hope. And you know this. To be fair, this manager has given enough evidence over his tenure at the club to provide evidence for that hope. That you know, give him a bit of time, maybe give some of the lads a a, a bit of a resty when going to the World Cup. Give you know, give the lads who are going to the World Cup maybe something else to think about, something else to focus on. Get the World Cup out of the way so they can you know they don't have that hanging over them for the rest of the season. You hope you know. Tactically, Klopp will work something out. The players might feel a bit revitalised and reinvigorated by being away on international duty and coming back fresh. And then you, you also, as a fan, you've got one eye on the transfer window. You, you, I think they, no one could deny by the time we got close to the World Cup the deficiencies that were present in the squad. Um, and you hope that the club were, you know, would take some action to to address them. Jack. What was what was your views? You know, a Nunes, I think a Nunes double against Southampton going into the World Cup. Did you think he'd be he'd be fired when he come when he come back after the World Cup? And because the, or do you think his confidence was affected during the World Cup because he didn't score, did he, for for Uruguay in the tournament? He was getting a bit of stick. So do you think that that had an adverse reaction to his performances yeah. afterwards? Well, I said to me, that start of the season, I think the World Cup in the middle of the season would kill us off before it even we'd even kicked the ball. So I thought, Pops, like we could have been in a great run leading up to the World Cup and then the World Cup comes and someone could go away and get injured anything. So I said to me, that before the season starts, it's, it's a write-off, I said, because to have a World Cup a break for that long, you don't need it. But then Nunes goes away and I thought, got the double. If he got a couple of goals in the World Cup, you could have come back in good form. Um, but he never. But I just thought the World Cup, it happened in a good season too, but when you look back at it, because we weren't we were so inconsistent that for the World Cup to happen, it was it, it wouldn't happen when we're doing well. And say, say for example, next season we, we start flying and then we had a, a massive break in the middle. It can kill you off as a team. So get it all out of the way while we were playing badly was my opinion, to be dead honest. Um, but yeah, I do think you're right though. With some players, have one eye on the World Cup when you think, well, we're not doing that great in the league. We're pushing for top four, but I do believe some players thought we're not going. There's also some players who were thinking, I'm not signing a new deal. I'm not going to be here in the summer, so I'm not exactly going to go helpful leather, am I? Um, play me World Cup, and then that gave me window to get a move. So it just didn't really help us, to be dead honest. Then we moved on to back onto our league form. We were after the World Cup. But there, was your confidence after the break and getting players back? And, you know, we, we were looking to get players back from injury. And then we come straight out against Le- the first league game after the World Cup, which is less than a home. And um, then we, we, what did you was, you, was you confident then, Ben, after the break? I don't really know if, if confidence is the right word. Um, I was slightly more optimistic, I'll, get, I'll, I'll say that. Um, I remember the, the first game back was against City, wasn't it, in the Cup? And away. And I thought we actually played okay, but lost. Um, and then we had Villa away, didn't we? And then Leicester at home. And we beat Leicester with two on goals, I think, didn't we? Um, and it wasn't a particularly good performance um, from memory. But then the game after, I think, was Brentford away. It was, yeah. And then, that was awful. That was a, another low point of the season. But what I would say is, whenever we have mid-season breaks and we do warm weather training, we never do well. We never come back from them and play well. And it, it's got to the point now where I don't know why the club do it. Because we just never seem to 
be coherent when we come back. And it always takes us a few weeks to, to get back into the groove. That was definitely the case after the World Cup. We were just, I think Jürgen was interviewed a few times and he was, he kept on repeating, oh, we've, we've had this period now where we've regrouped and we've analysed what's gone wrong in the first part of the season. And we went back to exactly how it was. The defence was all over the place. Midfield, there's no point going on about the midfield. We all know the problems there. Um, and at Barmo wasn't just doing anything really. So I was optimistic going in after the World Cup and then it very quickly hit me that it's normal service resumed from the start of the season really. Then, Jay, we went straight into the FA Cup. We had an FA Cup game against Wolves. And then uh, straight after that, we got Brighton. How how confident was you then of, of lifting us, getting ourselves a cup run and then sort of picking our league form back up? Yeah, I think any optimism that I had garnered by the Villa win. Um, we've got to remember our away form before the World Cup in Sean, so that you know, to win a game away at Villa was really encouraging our first league game back. But then, like Ben just said, it got quickly sort of normal services resumed with the performance, if not the results, against Leicester at home and then the defeat of Brentford away, which is shocking. So going to Wolves, you kind of think, of, well, which, which Liverpool's going to turn up today? And it wasn't a very inspiring performance, but it uh, I think Gapo makes his debut and you know doesn't doesn't quite have the immediate impact you're, you're hoping for at that point because you're just looking for something, anything to reignite the season. And then and then you know we we scrape a draw in that and then you know we're on to Brighton away and we you know we get well 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 beat three three nil. It was a uh, another terrible performance. I, I think we should be able to get out of our half. Much of the game, it was it was really bad, really bad. At the at this stage now, you you're thinking it's more or less we we were talking about trying to you know like with all hopes of ever winning anything had gone out of the window, and you're looking, you were then looking for the for the top four place, and you, you all of a sudden we're sliding down the table. And Jack, we've got the next couple of games coming, you know, let's, we've got Wolves, we've got, I think, after Brentford. After that, we, we got beat again. We were hammered by by Wolves 3-0. Yeah. It was just a, a pretty bad period, wasn't it, from, from the Leicester game? It felt like, as well as hoping for a sign, I was hoping for it to actually score a goal in a game. Because <laughs> Leicester was two own goals. Cup games are a bit, bit, a bit weird, like Jay said. We got battered by Brighton. We drew with Chelsea, which was... I'll be honest, I fell asleep at the game. I'll be honest, it was awful. Uh, beat by Brighton away in the Cup. And then Wolves was just so... Another poor one. It was like Leeds at home again. We just away where you think, right, we'll, we'll snap again and we'll, we'll kick on from this. And it didn't happen again. But that's what I went into most games after the World Cup thinking, right, we'll win this one and we'll kick on from there. And it just wouldn't happen. We're battered by Wolves and we beat Everton, and then we get we got a, a decent result away at Newcastle. But then again, we got a massive a massive setback when we when we played Madrid, and it just seems to take all the wind out of our sails. Any momentum we did have was just taken away from us. Yeah, leading leading on to I was going to say the climax of the season, but towards the end of the season after the Wolves game where we lost three 0 we were actually tenth. We were exactly mid table. And I'll be honest, I think as much an optimist I am, I, I thought there was no way for top four. But <clears throat> towards the end of the season, um, we did have a bit of a resurgence. But I'm just thinking what your thoughts were when we were 2-0 up against Real Madrid. Um, and really, we could have been 3 or 4 up. And then we lose that game 5-2. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts were on that. Because that, at that stage, that was our best chance of winning the trophy. But... Can you remember much about that, Yeah, I mean, it's it's great being at Anfield for the European Cup and it doesn't get much better than playing Real Madrid. And I hate Real Madrid now because of what they've done to us in finals of late. And I'm convinced 
maybe not from the showings last season, but I'm convinced we're better than them. Or we were. Like, we definitely, definitely should have beat them in Paris. Like, it still does my head in that we didn't. And it's definitely, we play against the badge against Madrid, not the players in front of us every time. And that 5-2, wasn't it, just summed it up because when we were 2-0 up, was it in eight minutes or something? Um, and the goal from Nunes was just exceptional. And that should have gone down as one of the best ever European goals, but everyone forgets about it because the results. And we were battering them then. And then we had a chance to make it 3-0. And I can't remember who it was, but obviously we missed it. And then Real Madrid scored a lucky goal for the first goal from one of the only mistakes from Alisson. But the atmosphere for 2-0 in the cop was absolutely brilliant. Definitely the, the, the best of the season, bar a game, which I'm sure we'll talk about later when we, we beat our local rivals 7-0. Um, but at 2-0 up against Real Madrid, it was like, we're back here. This is the Liverpool that we're used to. We were swarming all over them for the first 20 minutes of the game. The Real Madrid couldn't breathe. They couldn't get out. And then as soon as they scored, the heads just dropped. You, you could see it. You could definitely see it. And then they scored the equaliser, which was... Uh, sorry, no, the, the first goal was that great goal, wasn't it, by Vinicius, I think. And then the second goal was the one by Ali, where he should have booted it up, but didn't. Um, and then obviously the second half, we all know about that, don't we? But there was... There was cause for optimism in the first part of that game and then crap in the second half really but I think we all knew that that was the end of the season like we walked out to Anfield and thought it's done now we're not going to win anything not really going to get in the European Cup again next season we've got nothing to play for but then after that we did rally a bit more and we did put that run together didn't we How about you Jay? Yeah, with the with the Madrid game, and I, well, a two 0 up, I was thinking, God, I can't believe I'm, I'm missing this because I was, I was actually ill at the time, so I couldn't go to the games. So I was cursing my luck, but then, well, yeah, I felt a little bit better <laughs> second half in one way, missing it. But we just, it, the, yeah, the second, like, I don't know, we we played so well, and you think we're we're back, and like so often, so many times this season, you know, you get a good result, and then you know you. You trounce Madrid in the first, you know, the first twenty minutes or so, and you're thinking, yeah, maybe maybe we can. Yeah, we've seen this Liverpool team, you know, defy the odds in the past, raise, um, you know, even this season, you know, raise the bar against the likes of Man City. You know, maybe maybe this is the type of challenge this squad needs to focus their minds on, on you know, something that they can still win and still achievable to them. They have more the big prizes, and then. They score one, which is a great goal. I don't think we you know, we nearly go three one up, but then they get that second one against Ali. Uh, Allison, the you know, the shining light in this season, the you know probably the man who more than anyone has not let us down that season, and he you know he does that in the you know our biggest remaining game really, and you just you just see the confidence drain out of the team, and and the second half was just so so disappointed. We were we were meek. Like we were, we were non-existent. Anfield, Anfield was silenced. They just played it around us for forty-five minutes and coasted to a five-two win, which is you know unacceptable. And then Jack, after the Madrid game, looking at the run into the end of the season, we obviously had uh, one or two highlights. Uh, one of them being our seven-nil victory at Man U. Yeah. But, that took us to fifth in the table. So did you still have any hope that we might just sneak into top four or was it still a forlorn task for you? Of course, it'd be a, a difficult task, but it, I always, with the way we've been, there is no such thing as a big ass with Liverpool. Like, I joked with the lads in work, even though we, we weren't playing well in the league, that it'd be just like us to go and win the European Cup still. We, w- we wouldn't even qualify for Europe and we'd still somehow just go and manage to win the European Cup because it'd be just like us. Um, but... Yeah, beating Man United 7-0, it was, it was a, a big highlight in a, a rather poor season. But um, I still I still believe you'd get top four, I thought, because we were creeping up on them. We were slowly catching up and we were staying around. Like, we dropped to 10th, like you said, but then it was, we were climbing. But then we had that little drop again, didn't we, after 
United where we lost to Bournemouth and the Madrid game was a write-off anyway, so the second leg, so that was gone. But then we lost to City away and then we drew with Chelsea again. So it was, again, like I've said, we get a bit of momentum and we just lost it completely. So it started to look like a harder task to finish top four. So we then got the conclusion of the season. We then sort of win nine of our final 11 games. We just fall short of qualifying for the Champions League and end up in the Europa, which, to be fair, as Pete said earlier, that when we were 10th, you know, not long after the resumption from the World Cup to finish fifth and have a chance to qualify for the Champions League, you know, with some achievements. There was the 7 0 win, as Jack's just said, against Man United, which, you know, are both Ben and Jay, you can both have your, your say on that in a minute. But just, just thinking about it, to me, and I don't know what you think, the start of our good run was Curtis Jones coming back into the side. And Shaka having a go at Trent when we were 2-0 down against Arsenal. They fired everybody up and then both for a, a Mo Salah penalty miss. And uh, you know, how I still don't know to this day how um, Ibu didn't score at the end. You know, we we beat Arsenal. So so the end of the season, what was your what was your overall conclusions, Ben? Well, that United game, well, I'll never, ever forget that. Like, as bad as last season was, that will never, ever happen again. But saying that, it should have happened the year before away, when we were 5-0 up and Pogba got sent off. We took our foot off the gas and I was absolutely devastated because I just wanted to batter them. I think... We all hate United. It's the team that I always want to beat the most. And um, to beat them 7-0 at Anfield was just unreal. But then after that, you know, went and lost, didn't we, against Bournemouth. And you you were talking about Mo Salah missing the penalty against Arsenal. He missed one in that game as well, didn't he? And if we would have brought that back to 1-1, we would have gone on and won that. I've got no doubt about it. Um so there's little things like that where you look back and you think, if buts and maybes. But after we beat United, I was convinced we'd get top four. Absolutely convinced we would. But then we went and lost to Bournemouth, didn't we? And then you think, Christ, you know, that, that's us this season. Top four, <laughs> that dream lasted for five days or whatever it was, six days. But then, you know, that run that we went on at the end of the season, that's what we've got used to, isn't it, over the last few years, the last, well, three or four four years on the bounce, isn't it, that we've put ridiculous runs together at the end of the season. Um, so the, the players have obviously got it in them. I've got no doubt that these players aren't past it. Yeah, we, we need a couple of additions and stuff like that, but... You don't go on those kinds of runs unless you're a decent football team. We've got one of the best managers in the world who did have a crap season last season. I'm sure he'll admit it. He did make quite a few mistakes, but I've got no doubt that he'll, over the summer he'll rectify that and put it right. Um, but there was some good results in the end of that season. I think the mentality of the team against Tottenham when we were freeing them up really early, and then you're 3-3 and you're thinking, Christ. But then Jota pops up, doesn't he, in the last minute. So there were there was lots of memories that, that will live long with us. It was just overall a crap season. Jamie? Yeah, just going back to the United game first, like that was probably the brightest point. What was a very bleak season? We were, you know, we were fantastic that day. You know, Gapo, you know, got those two goals, two lovely, lovely goals. And Nunes as well popped up with a couple. I think it, it was quite interesting actually at that point. You know, you, you, you're thinking, you know, I think Nunes, Nunes was starting to hit a bit of form. Gapo was starting to hit a bit of form. You were wondering, okay, could this work? And then, you know, as we approach the end of the season, Nunes seems to fall really out of favour and doesn't really get a look in the rest of the season. It, it, it's quite interesting. I think back to the start of the season about 
about Nunes, how I felt about him. I, you know, as much as he was frustrating at times, he was an age of the chaos, and you, you know, you were you were willing him to do well, and you, yeah, you know, I was kind of excited whenever I saw him on the team sheet because you know, uh, it felt like the, the only way we were going to score really is Nunes does something crazy or runs past someone. And then as you, as you kind of you know get past the United game, he pulls out a favour and Gakpo starts to really impose himself on this Liverpool team and looks very impressive. And Gakpo looks a, a fit in this Liverpool team in the way that Nunes never quite did. He good. I look at Gakpo now where he plays for us and he makes a ton of sense. He's not exactly Firmino, but he does Firmino-like things. And you can see how he fits into the system with the other players around him. I got to the point towards the end of the season, it was like, do you know what? I, I, like, Nunes isn't playing anymore. I'm kind of not glad, but, you know, I can see why he's he, he not making sense. And, you know, when you don't need that chaos because you've got someone who's actually functioning and playing well, like Gakko, you think, well, what role is there for Nunes? Not to write Nunes off. I hope he has a you know good pre-season going to next season and bounce back. But, yeah, I think that was one of the things I really picked up on towards the end of the season. Um, and yeah, finally, after you know the, those last run of games, it was no longer a false dawn. We actually managed to put in a string of wins sort of thing. And like you said, you know, Curtis Jones coming back, I was a big advocate of giving Curtis Jones a run out at that point because I thought, what have we got to lose? We might as well give this lad, you know, eight games on the bounce, say he's playing no matter what and see what he can do. And I thought he, I thought he took his chance, to be fair, and put himself in contention for, you know, to be if not a starter, definitely, you know, in and around that midfield going into next season. So he was a real bright spot. And you've got the likes of Diaz coming back. So, yeah, sadly, it was a little bit too little too late in the end. Um, but, you know, there were definitely green shoots there, even if we did fall frustratingly short in the end. And, you know, you just wonder, um, you know, the, the move of Trent as well into midfield as well seems to, like, revitalise the team a bit. You just, you know, there's probably the ones that go. Couldn't clop a thought about that a few games earlier. We might be, we might still be looking forward to another season of Champions League football rather than the Europa League. Jack, what was what was your thoughts? You know, the the, the moving of Trent into midfield, as Jamie said there, you know, it seemed to both revitalise him and the team, but also it puts a hell of a lot of pressure on the the guy who's playing on the right side of the the centre backs, and you know, Ibu did it most of the time, and. You know, he did have a few battles when he played there and, and Joel Matip did it in the game away against West Ham and had a really good game. So, yeah, so what was your thoughts then, Jack? End of the season was good, to, to be fair. We went on that seven games on the bounce. But if you said to me, oh, through the season, you're going to win seven on the spin and go 11 unbeaten towards the end, I'd have took your hand off. I'd have lost out your room, though, to be fair. But... Trent coming back and playing at midfield position just shows really how quality that lad really is. He's unbelievable, unbelievable footballer. But we've said it all along, give him time and space and just put him in the middle of the park and he'll find anyone and can win games just from his passing, basically. Um, I think, like you said, with a bit of pressure on the right centre-half, yeah, it does leave him a bit exposed. But I think with Canarte, we've got a brilliant centre-half who's ready for the next seven, eight years for to do what he wants to do because he's, he, I believe he is that good. Um, but saying that, I do feel like we need another centre-half just in case because if Trent's going to start playing this more advanced role, I do think we'll need a centre-half just for in case Ken say does push what he doesn't but gets an injury or anything because then if we're back to that back four and Trent's not in midfield anymore, I don't know. It would be all right but I think I think Klopp really wants to try this new formation and it'll... Um, it's proved that it worked last few games. So, as uh, the season, it proves it worked. And there was all this hype around Trent again, being one of the best passers of the ball and all this, whereas towards the middle of the season, it was he's not good enough to play right back or all his defending was getting slated. So, hopefully, we can carry on and lead him with that formation to start the next season. That brings us nicely on to, to start the next season. How, how optimistic are, are you all about about how we're going to set out next season with the, with hopefully lots of new signings coming in and um, the system, new system. And with the a run, a winning run towards the end of last season, does it give you much optimism 
that we can make a really good fist of this season. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm a bit of an idiot, really, when it comes to Liverpool because every pre-season and every first game at Anfield, I'm, I'm of the same opinion, except for one year under Hodgson. I didn't have the faith then. But I always think we're going to win the league because why else would you be a fan? Like, if you don't think that you're going to do it, then what's the point? I know sometimes you look at us and you think, yeah, it's going to be a tall order, but I think with this manager, this group of players, which predominantly have still got it, like, and the talent is there, and I think the mindset after last season should be there as well, that they can't do that again. They're too good. We all look back at what Mo tweeted when it was confirmed that we weren't going to get the European Cup qualification again. Hopefully they were all thinking that. Um, and I do think we will have more signings. I think we've got to. Um, I was disappointed we never went for Bellingham because I think he would have been just perfect for us. I think he was everything that we needed. But we've got McAllister. He looks like a good player. He always played well against us. I think we'll get at least one more midfielder, um, possibly two. And I I think, as Jack said, I, I think we will get another centre-half. I think we need one. But I do think that Trent will play in midfield all of next season. At least, I hope he does. Because I think he's a generational talent. He's the best talent that we've had coming through since Stevie. Um, and he always played in midfield when he was growing up. And I don't watch England that often, but I watched him the other day and he was just fantastic. I know they were playing against a, a rubbish team, but... It doesn't matter, like, I mean, he is so talented. He's the best passer of the ball we've had in years. Play him in midfield, get a right back in the summer, or play Gomez there if he's fit, um, and just play him, McAllister, and one over in midfield. And I think we'll be fine. I genuinely think we'll be fine. I think Gakpo, I wasn't convinced on him when he first came in, but he was obviously just bedding into a new country and a new team. But he looks a cracking player. I'm not overly convinced that Nunes will make it with us. But I think we've got enough up front with uh, Diaz, Mo, Gakpo and Jota to be fine there, regardless of it, if he makes it or not. So I am confident about next season. As long as Jürgen's at Liverpool Football Club, I think we'll be fine. Um, and yet, I think we will get at least the top four next season. Um, hopefully better and yeah we'll start out like a, a house on fire and then just hopefully take it out one thing I will say though is I hope this pre-season we take it a bit easier than we have because we look at what Man City did last pre-season I think they only played one game one pre-season game I think our mindset last season was to try and blow everyone away before the World Cup but I think we did too much and we kept on crippling our players and they kept on dropping like flies. So I hope this summer we're a bit more laid back. We take it a bit easier. We sort of, we're fit for the start of the season, but not overly fit, if you know what I mean. And yeah, forget about last season and then just go for it. Just go for it. And I think Ben's touched on, I've viewed the main points, you probably go over, Jay. I think with a rejuvenated Jürgen Klopp. And when Ben was chatting there, we, when you look at it, we have got some fantastic players, probably players that will get into any team. So you surely you've, we've got to be really optimistic about next season, haven't we? <clears throat> yes, we do have some fantastic players. I'll caution the fact that a lot of our fantastic players are and will be another year older going into next season and we I think we you know had a taste of what the ravages of age can sort of do to a squad and that's why it's particularly vital that this summer that we go out and we you know bolster the squad by signing younger players but ideally in that you know sweet spot of you know, like 24 25 you know who can make a you know can make an immediate impact on the team really because I think the squad suffered last year from under, years of underinvestment, a couple of years of underinvestment, and it, that culminated in what we saw 
you know the performances and the results we saw last season really so yeah there's you know there's definitely reasons to be optimistic and um, we do still have some fantastic players but we need reinforcements and we need to make some signings so it's too you know it's too early for me to say really you know whether I think we'll definitely be back challenging next season I'll kind of want to wait and see what we what we do in the market because there are some gaping holes we need a, at least one more midfielder so then there's you know there's question there's a lot of question marks about this Liverpool team this you know this preseason going into the new season probably more than there has been for quite a while for, you know are we going to continue with Trent and you know in that sort of hybrid midfield role are we going to just move him into midfield or are we just going to go back to playing as we were um, right out with him just as a right back yeah, there are a lot of unanswered questions if we do continue with this sort of system but I think it does need some refinement because Ibu did struggle at times last year I think anyone would cover in that amount of space um, so yeah might need, might need some tweaking it'll be really interesting to see what you know how we shape up in pre-season but then we've also got to consider as well there's only one Trent Alexander-Arnold in the world so we need a way of playing as well if you know Trent gets an injury luckily he doesn't seem to get injured very much but if Trent gets an injury or needs a rest we need to figure out a way to play without him as well on the team to seem to function. So yeah, there's a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah, there's there's Darwin Nunes. What what are we gonna do with him? Because as I said before, he looked a bit of a square peg in a round hole towards the end of end of last season. Will he come good? Will we find a way to integrate him properly? So yeah, there, there's you know I, I'm sure, regardless of all of that, come the new season, I will find reasons to be optimistic because that wear green shoots at the end of last season. You've kind of got to be optimistic some, to, you know, to some extent with you know with this manager and you know these lads who have won so much for us. I just hope that the club do enough business and the right business to give me you know real confidence and that optimism rather than being a little bit tentative. And you, Jack? I'm always optimistic going into a season in Liverpool because I, I love the club and I always think we're going to do well and. Especially when we've got clock behind us, I always think we can win whatever. We can go for anything and we will win it. I do think it's a, this summer's probably the most crucial clock's had, though, because there are big gaps in that midfield and that's that's what needs filling. And you could say the defence is, is looked after. We've got enough firepower up front, but the midfield well, what is what is going to make our season. And I think... You look at other teams as well, the ones we're going to probably compete with, the likes of City and Arsenal. It's essentially a battle in the midfield. So whoever's got the best midfield will win the league. That That's going to be it. So we need to strengthen that midfield, bring in maybe two more midfielders, and like I said before, a centre-half, and I think a bit more depth to us, but quality depth, not just futures, future signings that are going to be better than three or four years. People like Jamie said, we're ready now. An instant impact. That's what we're, we're going to want. We've got the first six fixtures, the first six games of next season. We've been down to a, a really difficult, a really difficult fixture list. Chelsea away, Newcastle away, Wolves away, Aston Villa at home, Bournemouth at home, and West Ham at home. Not the easiest start, Ben. No, and I'm away for the first home game of the season as well, which is. Always a shame. Um, yeah, I think I think it's a bad time to get Chelsea away. Um, I, I was listening to a podcast in the week, and one of the journalists says, "Oh, it, it's a great game that because one of the one set of fans will be in meltdown after ninety minutes of the season." But you can see it happening, can't you? You can see whatever team loses that game, they'll be like, "Oh, you know, it's going to be a long, hard season and stuff like that." But um, it's Disappointing that we're playing them so early on away, um, but at least to get it out the way. And who knows what they're going to do this summer? They're, they're getting rid of half the team to Saudi Arabia, aren't they? Um, so who who they're going to be left with? Who knows? But Pochettino was a, a good manager. I'm sure he'll get them better than what they have been over the last season. Although I hope he doesn't, because it's great that they've been crap. Um, I was I was really I was hoping last season. Um, that you know, Frank Lampard would be the first manager to relegate two teams in one season. Um, that didn't happen, did it? Um, 
But yeah, it's a tough start of the season. But then again, we looked at the start that we had last season, didn't we? And we all thought, yeah, that'll do. That's not a particularly difficult set of fixtures. We didn't do that well. So it might be exactly what we need. You know, the, the lads might look at that Chelsea game and think, we've got to turn up here. We can't be going into a half hours. We've got to go in full, you know, full tilt. And yeah, it might be exactly what we need just to lay the foundations of a fantastic season, at least. Fingers crossed, that's what happens anyway. Jamie, what about you? Confidence for the first six fixtures? I think I think I'd take a draw or Chelsea away now if you offered me it. And you can look at it two ways with Chelsea. It's a bit of a pain of a fixture in some ways that, you know, they they obviously got a lot of good players. Um so I think and you know, their fans will be up for it, new manager, all that sort of thing. But equally, it will be Pochettino's first competitive game in charge of them. And there's yeah, every chance that maybe the system's not quite working right, you know, and so on and so forth. You know, maybe they're, they're still struggling to find their feet a little bit. But we could go there. We could definitely get a result. And what a confidence boost that would be uh, going, into, going into the rest of the season. But yeah, I think it's really, really important that we avoid defeat in that first game because I think, you know, if we did lose that game against Chelsea, I'm not going to say our season's over far from it. You know, these lads have proven in the past that you know they can be mentality monsters. So hopefully that is back if we don't get a favourable result against Chelsea. But but yeah, it would just it would it, I feel like a uh, you know a loss would would invite the demons back in, and I want to keep the demons out next season. And have a nice happy season where I'm looking forward to you know another Liverpool performance and hopefully. Win rather than fearing that you know the dark side of Liverpool's going to come out again, like we seen all too often last season. I'm I'm like I'm I'm a confident person. I, I look at it. You've got to play these teams. They they, they at the start uh, through the season. So why not play them at the beginning as well as get it out, out of the way? And so by the end of the season, we've got an easier running. But we've got nothing to fear, have we, Jack at Chelsea? I'm with you, Tom. I want the big, big boys first. Get them out the way. Wipe the floor with them, and then that's the start of the season done. You don't want them to get momentum and then play them later on in the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, we drew with them nil nil twice last year. So I'm just hoping for anything other than a draw. <laughs> anything other than a draw and maybe a goal in the game would do me. But no, um, to good. I think you can say it's it's a what a shaky start, and you take a draw. Thing, but I think flip the coin. If you go down and win straight away, you've beaten one of the big few teams and it's a, it's a size of the rest of saying, right, let's pull on here, aren't messing about already. First game of the season, three points on the board. We'll just go and turn them over. It sounds what we do, isn't it? It'll be all right. <laughs> so, lads, I mean, we're in the, the midst of a, a transfer window now and I believe, if I'm right, I think the continent, I think the European transfer window opens on the 1st of July, if I'm right. So, at the minute, well, we've only signed McAllister from Brighton. I say only. He's a, he's a great signing. Um, are, you, are you disappointed he's the only one that we've actually signed? Or are you confident that maybe there's going to be other names coming in um, once this European window opens on the 1st of July? I, th- I think, you know, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I'd put my mortgage on at least one other midfielder coming in. Like I said earlier, I am disappointed that the Bellingham deal never happened. I think a player like him doesn't come around often and all of the signs were pointing to the fact that he wanted to come to us. And when you look at the the latest on Declan Rice, and apparently he's going for 105 million plus, Bellingham was less than that and he's a far better player. Then I think we might live to regret that, but I'm sure there will be other players coming from abroad we don't seem to have been linked with anyone from this country bar McAllister uh, we've been linked with a couple of French lads uh, one in France one in Germany and a couple of other players in Germany so I'd expect I think we've been heavily linked with Chiram, Um, and I haven't seen anything of him but from everything that I've read about him he seems like a talented lad um, bit of a box to box player so by the sounds of it, he'd be a good sign, and we've been linked with one from 
RB Leipzig today, a Hungarian attacking midfielder for about 70 million euros, so not cheap, but it's just the way the world is now, isn't it? Football signing fees are just astronomical, stupid money, really. Um, Declan Rice, he's a good player, a very good player, but he's not a £100 million player. Nobody will ever be able to convince me that. But the, the world's just gone mad. Um, and I do admire the club in a certain way for not going down that route um, because they're obviously trying to be sustainable. Um, but it's got to a point, and I can't remember, but somebody mentioned it earlier about it being Jürgen's most important summer. And it definitely is because I don't think any true Liverpool fan was on his back last season. But if he doesn't get it right this season, there will be pressure, definitely. Because no matter how well he's done, and I'd give him a job for life, I'd never get rid of Jürgen Klopp. Even if he relegates us, I'd still keep him. But I think there will be pressure on him next season if he doesn't start out well. Um, so hopefully he does get the right players. Um, and then we kick on, batter Chelsea, and then just take it from there. How about you, Jay? Any other names other than ben, Ben's mentioned that I know you young lads seem to know all the names for these foreign players. Us old fellas are still talking <laughs> about Toshak and Aitley. Um, are there any other names maybe? Ben, they would have got a game for us last season. <laughs> are there any other names that maybe us old folk might need to look out for? Yeah, you're probably asking the, me at the wrong time, to be honest. Maybe when I was back 16, I'd have wasted all my time on football manager. I'd know all the next up and coming things, but now I'm a little bit more I touch and leave it to people who've got a bit more time to watch more continental football than, than I'm able to. But I think, you know, just to reiterate the point, it's it's a really important summer for us. I, I don't think it can be understated. I wasn't too disappointed in the end that we didn't sign uh, Jude Bellingham. On one level, I was, because, you know, the build-up, and you, you, you sort of buy in and hope, but then at times that season, with just how much surgery it looked like the squad needed, you started to, you know, it, it, it started to feel a bit like to me we were going to spend all this money on a fancy sports car when our, you know, the roof of our house had caved in, sort of thing, like, that's how it felt to me. So I'm, I'm hopeful that we go out and we sign. Yeah, we've been linked with Tehran, likes of Kone. I'm not going to lie to you. haven't really watched them play. Don't know much about them, apart from maybe seeing a YouTube video. But, you know, you've just got to hope that, you know, the, our, our recruitment as a, as a club used to be so good and so on point. And you've just got to hope that, you know, after, if you look back at our signings last, you know, in the last window, Nunes, Jory is, I think it's fair to say, still out. Carvalho never really had the impact and struggled to see really how he fitted into the squad, fitted into the squad really. You know, we signed uh, his name escaping now, but that, that young right-back as well didn't really get a game. You know, our, our signings, I you know, obviously the infamous Artemelo. So, you know, our signings last summer were really disappointing. We can't afford to to do that again. So, you know, we need to take that money and some more that, you know, we were potentially lining up for Bellingham, go out, invest it, sign the right players if we're going to stand a chance of mounting a title challenge next season. Yeah. And just speaking to Jack, I was going to ask Jack, the Hungarian guy's name we're linked with. So I've just looked at his name and you probably get about 300 on Scrabble if you got on the triple <laughs> word. Um, yeah, I... I I was just going to say to Jack, um, you know, this Taram seems to be the, the biggest name we'll link with. Um, but other clubs, the likes of Chelsea, Arsenal, and even City have, have bought that lad from Chelsea. We don't seem to be moving at all. And do you think that's the case of we're not going to move or you think that are things at the pipeline and we're just keeping our powder dry? I, I think you've got stuff planned. If we haven't, I'd be very, very worried. Um but I think there's a lot of them at the under-21s at the tournament now. I think get that out of the way. Get the continental window to fully open. And I think then it'll be full steam ahead. But I, I'm, I'm coming back to Bellingham, I, I wasn't overly disappointed when we didn't get Bellingham because there's a lot of hype around him and 
it, it looked at one point like it was nailed on, he was coming to us. But I think if we hadn't had such poor windows in the past where we'd let the midfield rot, yeah, we may have got him and we probably we probably would have got him. But it's, it's, it's like Jamie said, the roof's fallen off the house. We can't look at getting a fancy car. As much as I'd love to have Bellingham, I'm quite relieved that we haven't got him so that we can maybe get two or three in the midfield and strengthen this rather than just one player because you can't rely on one lad just to carry the midfield. It just it wouldn't work. But I've seen glimpses of this Taram and I know they say you can't fall over footballers off highlight videos, but I would have him in a heartbeat. He looks unbelievable. Um, seen little bits of the, the Kone related from Germany. He looked a very good footballer as well. So I'm quite positive going into the window, but like I said before, it's a big, big window. Right, I'm just going to fire some quick-fire questions out here all now, and I just want one-word answers from you all. So, Ben, player of the season? A season? Yeah. Ali. Jamie? Ali. Jack? Allison. Full house? Most disappointing player last season? Virgil. Jamie? Uh, oh, God, that's tough. Fabinho. Jack? Fabinho, I'm with Jamie, yeah. The most, the, the, the player who shocked you the most in terms of who, who played better than you thought he would? Akasic. Jamie? Jack Poe, because, yeah, sorry, I'm not allowed to give more than one word. <laughs> yeah, and, and Jack? Curtis Jones. Right, okay. Well, that's the end of the latest edition of the LFC Red Poets podcast. I'd like to thank, as always, Tom and Pete and our special guests tonight, the junior poets in Jack, Ben and Jamie. I hope you'll all join us next time. And once again, as I always finish with, justice for the 97, don't buy the sun and you'll never walk alone. And as Tom says, if you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe. Until next time, see you soon.